Our second lesson for this morning comes from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Hear now the word of the Lord. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The title of this morning's sermon is Speaking in the Spirit. Speaking in the Spirit. The first time I ever went to France was when I was 11 years old and I spent a month with a host family in Burgundy. The Perouche family, their last name means parrot, welcomed me warmly into their home. It was the apartment above the gendarmerie, the police station, where Monsieur Perouche was the chief of police in their tiny farm town called Epinac. And just before I left Indiana, my mom told me, you're traveling to a country where food is very important and people are very proud of their cooking. Do your best to try anything that they put on your plate. And so, I committed to being a good Midwestern boy, keeping my streak as a lifetime member of the Clean Plate Club. <laughs> On my first night with my host family, Madame Perouche made a large pot of buttered noodles and sausages. I'd been traveling since an overnight flight from Par to Paris and then a bus to Burgundy, and I ate ravenously. Everybody else was done, and then Madame Perouche picked up the serving spoon and gestured toward my plate with the universal shrug of, more? I was so nervous because my French was at the beginning level. And I thought that I was saying the phrase, je n'ai plus faim, I'm not hungry anymore. But what I said was, je meurs de faim, I'm dying of hunger. <laughs> Are you hungry? I'm dying of hunger. <laughs> so <laughs> she spooned out another helping of noodles and I ate them even though I was so full. Next night, grilled chicken with veg vegetable medley. Are you hungry? I'm dying of hunger. 
Madame Perouche dishes out more chicken and vegetables and I eat it. Third night, casserole, and I'm stuffed to the gills and worried that they're not really listening to me. Are you hungry? I'm dying of hunger. And then as Madame Perouche reached into the pan again, I waved my arms in front of me and said, ça suffit, je meurs de faim. That's enough, I'm dying of hunger. There was a heavy pause. I remember Madame Perouche standing at the kitchen table, spoon in midair. Madame looked at Monsieur, and they looked at their kids, Amélie, Sinale, Sylvestre, Joshua, and Thibault, and realized, we're not understanding each other. And then we burst out laughing, big, raucous laughs, because we finally figured out what was going on. I think we became friends that night. I felt like I belonged because we'd shared this moment of clarity together. Every night after that, Madame Perouche would bring out dinner and ask, are you dying of hunger tonight, Andre? <laughs> if you've ever tried to communicate in a foreign language or help someone make themselves understood, you know that the whole thing heightens what makes us human. The expressions of confusion, the big hand gestures, paging through a phrase book, pointing to a word, cocking your head slightly to show that you're listening carefully. It's a gentle moment when we become humbled. We recognize our limitations. Here we are making these outsized motions, that's enough, and shouting slowly and using our simplest words that we can find. Something lovely emerges from that process. There's this other person, a stranger, across from us, who's making an effort with us. If we stick with each other long enough, we begin to see one another not as a problem to be solved, but as a partner. We're going to learn each other's names together. We're going to ask for a train ticket together. We're going to find the museum together. And when a moment comes when we finally do make sense, when we get our point across, wow, it's a miracle, a revelation. What relief, what joy. There's this fleeting moment of boundless possibility. I've made a new friend. What could possibly happen next? The story that we read this morning from the book of Acts is about that kind of joy. It's the joy of understanding and being understood, a joy that both deepens our humility and our sense of self-worth, a joy that makes strangers into friends. God gets involved in how we talk to one another, so the barriers between us break down and we transform into a community. This is the promise of the holiday we call Pentecost. In the stories leading up to this passage, Jesus is risen from the dead on Easter morning and he leaves his disciples later with a promise he will return. He tells them to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon them and the Spirit will guide them into God's ways. Seven weeks later, during a Jewish harvest festival called Pentecost, Jesus' friends are gathered in a room when the Spirit finally comes. 
Through a loud noise and a rushing wind, the Spirit rests on everybody like divided flames, and they begin to speak in different languages, and pilgrims from all over the world hear them in the streets outside speaking in their own mother tongues. It's a miracle, a fleeting moment when people who are strangers because of language, ethnicity, culture, distance, suddenly connect with one another. The surprise, the joy, the connection of comprehension flashes and then dissipates. The spirit that Jesus promised is breaking down barriers and drawing people together to be God's people. The rest of Acts is one story after another of Jesus' followers living in the tension of this vision at Pentecost, not being fully realized and also breaking into their world. They continue to struggle to understand each other, to understand their neighbors. They struggle to understand where God is when they face hardship and disappointments. And there are moments still when God brings forth a revelation in the power of the Spirit, a moment of healing or compassion or understanding across the divisions that keep us from community with one another. Pentecost makes me think of my grandparents. Ruth and Heinz Munska, my Oma and Opa, came to Canada from Germany by themselves when they were teenagers. They had grown up in the terrors and chaos of Nazi Germany, and it was their dream to come here. They had about an eighth grade education, and they did not speak a word of English. They learned the language through soap operas, and on the job as a tool and dye maker after they moved to an industrial town outside Chicago. It takes courage and resilience to try to communicate in a foreign language, to go to the doctor's office and explain what's wrong, to meet with your child's teacher, to be treated with respect in a restaurant. The terrible irony is that for all that hard work, you never sound as smooth as you do in your mother tongue. My grandparents never sounded as funny or clever or even as tender in English as they could sound in German. Many people dismissed them as stupid or lazy because they spoke with a thick accent. My opa spoke with that accent until he died at age 87. Whenever he opened his mouth for his whole life, people recognized immediately, you're not from here. But they weren't stupid or lazy. They dedicated themselves every day to the hard human work of understanding and making themselves understood. It's easy to imagine Pentecost as a magic trick, that people are wowed into belief in God's power I wonder how Oma and Opa would have heard this story. Pentecost is about God meeting the deepest longings of anyone who has been a stranger, who has had to make their way through a culture and a language that are not their own. When the disciples began speaking in the spirit on Pentecost, God was saying that everyone belongs in the community gathered around Jesus, a community called the church. That's what the word church means. It's from the Greek word kurdiokon, 
what belongs to the Lord. Pentecost is a sign that points toward a day when every person will hear God say to them in their own language that they are loved, that they belong. No one is a stranger in God's eyes. God sticks with each of us, sometimes speaking slowly with big gestures and deep humility to help us understand how deep God's love is for us. The Spirit reminds us that we don't have to translate ourselves, how we speak or who we are, to be welcomed by God. Until that day comes, Jesus asks us to tell one another in the Spirit that there's nothing that can come between us and the love of God in Christ Jesus. Amen.